0: Paisley, we had started. Uh, Ruben and I had started talking a little bit before you got on, but um, she was telling me about.
1: Um, Is my age? Did you say
0: you had moved? And you? When did oh. you?
1: Yeah, I said I've been to like eight or nine schools, like since um, preschool.
0: Wow. You know what? Yeah. I went to eight different grammar schools, also. How come, how come you were moving around so much?
1: Yeah, so I was, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I've lived, I lived there for like four years. And then I moved, um, or my whole family moved to Saudi Arabia. So we could like learn Arabic and stuff like that. Um, We lived there for seven years. And within Saudi Arabia, we moved like, I I didn't count, but like a bunch of times (laughs) (laughs) and, (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty much where um i got exposed to a bunch of different schools and really um my parents were trying to make sure that we went to like um an english school that taught in english so that we wouldn't re- we wouldn't forget um language um and then we moved to iowa and i went to horn elementary school and um junior high and then west high now so <laughs> that somehow adds up tonight <laughs>
0: so um well, I, like I said, I went to eight different grammar schools, but they were all in the United States. And um, my dad was a businessman and was setting up. It's it's called Hertz Rent a Car, and they they were just starting out. So he would he would go like we would move to a place and he'd set up the whole operation, and then we'd move to another place and he would do the same thing all over again. So I actually. Um, Lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, <laughs> for a while, and then Florida, Oklahoma, Texas—quite um, a lot of different places. But um, what what effect do you think moving all that all around, especially like to another country, um, what has what impact do you think that's had on you?
1: yeah, so I think a lot of people, um when they say home, they associate it with like a physical spot, like the building of your house. But I think I've developed that idea that home is like the people that you're with and the memories that you develop. So um, I've learned to not like also attach myself too much to things because you know, I might just like drop it and move. Um but' I've, I think I've also learned um, social skills. Um, I grew up like a very shy person, but I think um, moving along getting to know a lot of people allowed me to be able to like reach out to people and be like, hey, let's have a conversation. And I- I'm still like kind of awkward um, about that. I think a lot of people can relate to that. But yeah, I think it helped with my interactions and being able to do with like different types of people and stuff.
0: Well, I, th- I feel like, um, it made me a lot more understanding of different cultures and more flexible just in my way of thinking, you know, that um, they always make jokes about like Americans when they visit Paris or they go to Europe that they want everything to be just like the United States. You know, it's like, well, why do, why did they go there anyway, (laughs) if that's what they're expecting? Because that's not what you're going to get if you go to a different country, you know, I mean, the thrill, even moving to a different state is sometimes things are very different, you know, like the, the way people talk, um, even though they're speaking English, they have like a lot of different slang or terms that they might you might not use in a different part of the country, you know. To me, that's really interesting. Or just the food is different, you know. And and um, we, well, you made a real big jump, you know, when you um, when you moved. But uh, yeah, I I think it's only I'm well in, with my experience of it, I think it's definitely it has definitely. Um, had more positives than negatives yeah Um, I did I did did have a a weird thing after we stopped moving so much I would want to like when I got my first apartment like every six months I'd want to change all the furniture around Mm -hmm. it was just like it was like a habit you know you moved and everything was different it was like I wanted some, I needed like something different every six months, I guess. <laughs> anyway, yeah. did you have a question you'd like to ask me?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, like you moved around the US itself, um, like a bunch of different places in different like regions of the US. Um, which state would you say was like the best overall, like in terms of weather, food, people, dialect, everything? <laughs>
0: Well, I um, I was originally from Chicago, and I actually spent. Uh, I just moved to Iowa in um, Iowa City this past year in August. So I had um, um, prior to that been in Chicago for six years, but you know I. Um, I actually lived in Bellevue, Iowa, right on the Mississippi for like 18, 19 years. And I, it was, it's a, I don't know if you've been there, but it's a small town, like 2000 people. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. It's like stepping back in time. And, and I really thought that was the most beautiful place. And it was very calm. You could like. It was such a small town. There were, at the time I moved there, there were no fast food joints. Um, After about ten years, they have one Subway, and it's beautiful because it's right on the river. It's got like a balcony area where you can sit right on the Mississippi. So, (laughs) they don't have a movie theater. They, I mean, there's a lot of things they don't have. And but, but I really found it to be. The best place I've ever lived, you know. Even though Chicago was great and has a lot of night nightlife and theater, I love theater, you know. But um, the sense of community in Bellevue—everybody looked out after each other. I I have a son, and he now I, I raised him in Bellevue, basically, and it was everyone pitched in, and they. They help each other. You know, I mean, he had a wonderful experience growing up. So, Bellevue, Iowa, I guess, is at the top of my list, even though I lived in England and, you know, have visited Paris and Scotland and all sorts of places. Um, that's it, Iowa. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, how about you? What was your favorite place?
1: um well i've lived in like all kinds of like cities like big cities and then like suburban like iowa city um but i would say i don't know i don't really have like a favorite place it's like it, it's a totally different experience in iowa city and then saudi arabia because that that one in saudi arabia I used to live like in big cities so it would have, like um like huge nightlife like in uh, chicago um It was super, super hot, and Iowa in the summer can also get like that, but the winter is like (laughs) total opposite extreme, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I was like already tired from like the hot weather, so I took it all in. It was fine, Um, but yeah, it's just like a whole different culture, um, just way of life, so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, I would say each had their advantages and disadvantages. Cool. So, um, oh, did you have a question for me? (laughs) Um, You can go ahead and ask me one. Okay. (laughs) Um, So with COVID happening, are um, are you doing school at home or do you have activities where you still go to school or how's that working for you?
1: Yeah, so ever since, like, the beginning of the year, I've been going to school online. Um, all, like, my activities, which were basically, like, clubs and organizations, they all moved to an online platform. Um, I don't do any sports, so that didn't affect me, but I know some people, like, did online and then went to sports, but that also, like, depended on whether school was open at the time. Um, but, yeah, I've been doing online, and at first, it was um, it was relaxing, I would say, because, only had half of the day so I either um could wake up late or I could like finish with school early so um I really enjoyed the free time but um as the free time increased um (laughs) just like procrastination levels they began to take over um and it's just been like uh, the same routine every single day and um like zoom classes you don't really see people because like cameras are off you don't get the um, interaction or sense of community because it's just you come for a lecture and then you go to your homework and it's really up to you to reach out to people and interact with them um and then like with the weather the ice and stuff it's also hard to get out of the house and meet with people um so yeah that's been hard too but I would say also like opened up a lot of opportunities because now you can go to different meetings just like by click of like start a meeting or something, but you don't have to actually physically go anywhere. So you can do so many things. And actually last summer there was, um, there's this program, it's called Project Seed. It's um, by the American Chemical Society. And it's like, usually it would be in-person research in the lab and stuff. But since COVID, they just like flipped it virtually and it was like a summer internship where you were able to like develop um, like college application skills, um, just science skills in general, like lab safety, chromatography, stuff like that. And I think I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for COVID because I didn't have an Iowa City location. So that opened up an opportunity for me.
0: Well, that's great. I... Um... I really enjoy um, being involved in research studies. Um, I, did one, um, I did one recently. I just finished up a three-year study at Rush uh, Presbyterian St. Luke's Hospital. It was called The Mind Study. And it was research on how what you eat affects your brain. In terms of your cog, you know, your cognitive skills, your ability to think, and and um, whether it would affect um, preventing you from getting Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. So, it was a really cool study. I, I they haven't published the uh, results yet because not everybody has completed the three years. But um, you would go in and have like psychological testing um, once a year, but you had a nutritionist and there were two groups. One group ate the Mediterranean diet and the other group could eat anything they wanted, but they had to track every day what they ate and they had to reduce their intake like by 250 calories. So I'm overweight. So I thought, well, this would be a good study for me to get into. Weight loss wasn't really one of the goals, you know, but um, I did lose 50 pounds, so I thought that was good. And I really learned a lot about nutrition because they had um, classes you could go to uh, before COVID. And, and um, they were all like, like group classes and the nu- nutritionists would be, um, they would do like a cooking demonstration on like a healthy meal or something like that, you know? So it was fun. I really enjoyed it a lot. And um, I'm hoping to get into some research projects in Iowa city once things open up. So we'll yeah. see.
1: <laughs> I'm intrigued. What, what, did, what did you find like so far for your results? How does it, how does food affect your mental? How did, well, you
0: know what they, um, One of the things, the one of the uh, prerequisites for this uh, being in the study was that you had to have a family member that had had Alzheimer's.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So they, you know, a lot of times they think you are um, you may be disposed genetically, you know. So when you when you first go and they do all the psych testing, um, they can they can tell if you have any like memory loss or anything like that. And I didn't have anything like that, but um, they were trying to detect it over the three years of the study. If you had it, was it getting worse um, or was it staying the same because you were eating well, depending on what group you were in, you know, but it was pretty interesting. I, I, um, my dad had signs of Alzheimer's before he passed away. So um, it was something I thought maybe in the, you know, the research would help other people down the road, you know. For sure. I think I read some, sorry, what? I was going to say, so are you interested in um, doing some type of research or the class that you were in, um, was that just kind of to hone your skills for applying for college?
1: Yeah, so the the Project SEED program, we did like a research summary where um, my project was like the platinum-based anti-cancer drugs. And I just basically um, researched that and like what was being done already in research. And um, they like had us put it in a creative format. So um, I wrote a poem about um, uh, like the science research summary. Um, so, yeah, that was something very interesting because I like already write poetry, but incorporating scientific terms in it was kind of difficult and I had to like make it rhyme and stuff like that. But currently I'm doing science fair and I'm uh, testing the effectiveness of different masks. So I have like this particle counter and um, basically I wear different types of masks and then I talk through it. And then it detects like the amount of particles that went through. So then I know the one with the most particles that went through was the one that was least
0: effective. And um, yeah, that's basically what I'm doing right now. Well, that's cool. You know, I read something really weird yesterday. <laughs> I don't. It said that some scientists figured out that if you could like capture all the coronavirus, molecules that are in the world, that they would fit inside a Coke can. I saw that too, yeah. Did you see that? Isn't yeah. it wild? Mm-hmm. I just, I just, you know, I sat here and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, how do you even, well, you know, I guess it's like a whole math formula you have to figure out, you know, but to the idea that this pandemic is being caused by this virus that basically, I mean, worldwide, and it would fit in a Coke can. I mean, it just blew me (laughs) away.
1: I mean, yeah, like I think a COVID particle is like 0.12 microns in diameter. So it was like
0: so, so tiny. I know, it's just crazy. But yeah, I'm sure hoping that that, you know, I, well, you might have seen it because it might have been in the same magazine you read. <laughs> but they were saying that, you know, now they're saying, oh, international travel might not happen till 2022. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, this, things are really at a standstill on so many levels for people, you know. Yeah. Our, Are all your um, are are your do your three brothers live at home with you?
1: Yeah, so two of them are younger than me. They're like still in elementary school, and um, I have an older brother who is a senior in college, but he's doing um, online school, like online college, right now. So they're all at home. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he actually he studies in Evanston, which is like super close to Chicago. So.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Well, I'm very familiar with where that is. Yeah,
1: I guess the Northwestern.
0: So So have you um, had any thoughts about where you would like to apply for school?
1: Yeah, I have no idea. I I don't even know what I want to study, to be honest. I'm thinking like biomedical engineering, Food science—I I have no idea.
0: Well, you were—you also mentioned that you wrote poetry. Yeah. Are you interested in, um, like, um, literature or writing? Um,
1: I haven't. I'm not sure. I'm just not the kind of person that can sit down and write something like as my career. It's just something that pops up in my mind, and I write it down. And um, yeah, I actually did a program when I was in ninth grade, I think. That's, um, and I met a lot of people and uh, it was like a residential program at the University of Iowa. So yeah, it's just um, more of like a hobby. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I'd recommend that you, if you don't already just carry an empty journal with you wherever you go or a notebook so that when that spirit moves you, you can write it down
1: yeah sometimes i just write it you know on my notes app on the phone Uh definitely not this not the same as writing it down on paper
0: (laughs) um i've i've entered well i just moved here i said like in august but i've entered i've entered a couple of um um like poetry and they had a haiku contest for the University mm-hmm. of Iowa and then they have those flash writing like a story writing contest too so my story and haiku didn't win but <laughs> I'm gonna keep trying <laughs> yeah that's okay me neither
1: <laughs> I didn't enter for anything but you know I didn't enter. that's not winning so <laughs>
0: Well, I believe you have to have the courage to be imperfect. So, you know, not everybody can win, but I'm going to keep writing. I'm in a writing class now, actually online, you know, and um, it's seven weeks with seven writers. And Mm -hmm. it's about the, probably the sixth or seventh class I've taken. Otherwise, I've just been spending my... um, COVID isolation, <laughs> reading and writing basically, so. Speaking of COVID and uh,
1: quarantine, have you uh, developed any new skills or found any new interest during quarantine time?
0: Um, well, I had stopped writing for a while. Um, I took about like six months off and then, and then when COVID hit, I started again, so that was a good thing. And then I then I took started in this other class. Um, actually, the class has been gone for about I think this is our sixth week. So, but I um, um, when I st- when I entered like that haiku contest, I started writing like a haiku every day. And there's a a woman that. Um, I met years ago. Her name is Ann Reed. She's actually um, like a guitar player and a songwriter and singer. And um, she's been given concerts out of her house um, every week. So, um, or it, it's twice, wait, twice a month. And then twice a month, she has like the sing along thing. And I found from, out from her that. Um, she and her friends each wrote a poem every day during COVID, and they published the book already. You know, I mean, they did it. Um, I guess one of her friends was a psychotherapist, and one was a social worker, and then Anne is a musician and writer, and. Um, yeah, so they just pulled they like they made a contest out of it. It was like, you know, for two weeks, they would do a haiku. For two weeks, they would do another short form poet, poem and like all these different combinations. And I didn't even know that many forms of poetry existed, you know, but so like every chapter is a certain form of poetry and um Yeah, they did it every day. And I thought that was like, the greatest idea, you know, to have friends that would go along and all and do that, you know, like, religiously every day. And they shared their work. And then they, they picked out the ones they wanted for the book and got it published. And just like that, you know, Uh, to me, that's like, um, I haven't been that productive during COVID. Let's just say that. Me
1: too.
0: <laughs> I've been sleeping a lot. I've been eating a lot. You know, I. Um, you know, when you go to college, they always joke about the freshman fifteen, like putting on fifteen pounds the first year, and I called it my COVID fifteen because, like, the first five months, I put on like fifteen pounds and. I've taken them off, um, little by little. But um, when I'm at home and I'm just not moving around that much and or going any place, hardly at all. And or if I'm in my car, I might. I'm afraid to get out of my car now because of the ice. Yeah. You know and everything. So. Sometimes I have a plan. I'm going to go to the store and do this and that, and I've, I'll just end up going through the drive-through <laughs> at Walgreens and pick up medicine, or drive through at Wendy's, and I come right back home. You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, that was real productive. You know, but I I met a woman downstairs in my building. I live in an apartment building, and um, there's an indoor garage, and she. She I hadn't met her before because nobody's even coming out of their apartments, you know, and and um, she was walking up and down the length of the garage. And and she said that's how she gets her exercise. And I thought, well, that's not a bad idea. You know, so if if I uh, see her again, I think we'll just figure out a, a days when we can do it together. And because we can maintain social distance, you know, I mean the garage is big. So it's like we can go up and down it and talk and get to know each other. So that's my next COVID plan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds really
0: cool. Honestly. Yeah. (laughs) I have been also struggling
1: trying to get out of my room because my room now is not only where I sleep. It's also where I go to school. And sometimes even where I eat. (laughs) It's just all been combined into one space. And It's not very productive anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, it's hard. Um, My son is working from home, and um, they have a baby that's just turned one-year-old. And his wife actually still goes into the office. She works um, in a real estate office. So, And then during COVID, they got a new puppy on top of it. So he's got his hands full, but, um, it's hard not socializing with people in, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes over zoom, it just, I mean, I love talking to my friends on the phone or, or by zoom, but, um, it just really doesn't take the place of Mm -hmm. being there in person with someone, you know,
1: yeah, and there's also, like, the people that, like, for me, that I just used to see in the halls at school, and just, like, have small talk with them, but now it's, like, kind of weird, because I didn't, wasn't actually friends with them, but I still, like, talk to them in class and stuff, so it's kind of, like, losing connections with people that, like, it's just the closest people to you that really is, like, holding on to right now. Well, I hope, you know,
0: it's, I just think it's good to keep communicating with people. And I agree with you. It's like you have like your family. You've got like your inner circle of friends and then acquaintances. And sometimes, I mean, at my other building, it was about twice as big as this. And everybody knew each other. And um, because there were social areas in the building, you could go and sit. And um, or there was a kitchen where everybody like on Sunday would have potlucks and stuff. And, and you might not be buddy buddies with everybody, but even just seeing people on the elevator and saying, hi, how are you? You know, it, it meant a lot. It meant more than I realized until you don't have it anymore. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. everybody's like, waiting to like bust out, you know, <laughs> and, yes. and the, the reality is COVID's gonna be around for a long time until, you know, that herd immunity happens. And um, there are so many people that don't wanna get vaccinated still that um, I think it's gonna be a long road ahead be- before people can really get back to some sense of normal, you know?
1: Yeah, I think people are waiting for the day
0: that COVID gets
1: wiped out, but it's it's not, it's now like a part of our life. And I think it's just like going to be like the flu someday, hopefully. So it's the new normal really. And now it's our normal. It used to be the new normal like six months ago, but now it's just normal. <laughs>
0: yeah. I know. I, um, Well, I, I feel bad for, you know, high school students and, and because this is really your formative, these are your formative years, you know, and it's, it's so important the socialization with your peers and, and teachers and mentors and, and to not have that is, I think is, is, um, it's really difficult, you know, I mean, it's, it, you have to, you have to be really self motivated, you know, during this time, otherwise, you just kind of fall behind, I think, you know. Um, but I do You have any um, other like extracurricular things you can do? Even if it's online?
1: Yeah, so I do right now. I, I do. Um, I'm part of the Black Student Union. So um, I think the first time in like eight months that I've been in school was like last Friday, where I went to um, like decorate the, like me and like two other people from the BSU, we went to decorate the, the main office door. And like we created this mural that was like a Black person persona, sort of, it wasn't like an actual person. It was just uh, a Black woman with black hair and stuff and so I think that was that was really fun we did that and then tomorrow actually we're doing like a presentation to the entire school about the history of uh, black Muslims in America because like we had this MLK day thing where we did a session about that and there was like a lot of interest in it and uh, so we thought it was a great idea to expose the rest of the school to it as part of like Black History Month um so yeah, I've been doing that, working on the presentation. Um other things. I'm also well that um that writing program that I mentioned, um a couple of us like from that year that we did that, we formed like a little group, like a little club, and we meet I think every other week and we just like share poetry put it in like a big Google Doc folder and we like look back to the first days of quarantine when we started the whole thing. So that's been keeping me busy. Um, Other things, just like science fair stuff. Um, Just like a bunch of other clubs. Like but we also have like mentoring violence program where we're like training like for circle training um, to help uh, freshmen, especially this year that are coming in and like being able to adapt to high school life online and um, forming connections and stuff like that. But yeah, um, much more things than uh, last year. Last year I was just taking it easy. I was like, Oh, I have two years left. (laughs) I
0: did not know it was going to be
1: quarantine and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got a really great variety of things you're involved in. Yeah, that started this year
1: when I realized I had all this time in my hands and now no social life anymore
0: outside of things that I'm like obligated to go to. So, yeah. <laughs> well, good luck on your presentation. Did you say it's tomorrow? Yeah, it's
1: tomorrow and also Thursday, so it's like two parts.
0: Wow, that's great. Thank you.
1: I also I started a mask business <laughs> oh did you because, yeah so we got like a sewing machine that also embroiders and um i just like started making masks for people as presents and they're like oh this is actually kind of cool you should make it a business so i just like launched i think last week or something i made an instagram account and i've been like posting every two days so I'm learning some entrepreneurship skills even though i'm not going to go into that field <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. You know, yeah. I
0: um, I think that's a great like entrepreneurial thing to get involved in. You learn a lot doing something like that, you know, and and you just kind of you just um, you know improve skills, and you just never know when that's going to come in handy, you know. Yeah. Do so are you? Um, you know, there's um, when I moved here, I needed some furniture, um, and I went on the um, Iowa City Marketplace, and a lot of people sell stuff on there. And I don't, I don't know if there's an age limit or anything in terms of people who are selling items, but um, I found exactly what I needed. On that. Um, And people sell everything from like um, well some people sell masks or you know cars and all sorts of stuff, but that might be an avenue also, or just word of mouth for your friends, you know, if you wanted to sell some. Ruba, who do you think has influenced you most in your life so far?
1: Interesting question. I, I don't, I don't know. Well, I get these questions a lot. And I'm like, everybody that I've met has influenced me somehow. <laughs> but um, I would say like, just in general, my friends and family, because like seeing my friends, they relate to me and then um, just seeing them motivate each day and like working hard um, I see myself in them, and then that motivates me to work towards my goals. And then just like my family, adapting to all these uh, worldwide crises, multiple ones happening, um, just being able to stay connected, um, stuff like that, really. Yeah. Uh, these are hard questions. I can't just on the spot think of someone.
0: <laughs> well, you know yeah. what? I think that's a good answer because it tells me that you value everyone who comes in contact with you, that, you know, and I, I believe in that actually, you know, sometimes you can have a chance meeting with someone, you know, in a grocery store for five minutes, but they can still impact you, you know, and they can leave a lasting impression or they can say something that just really stays with you and clicks, you know? So um, I don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, you're good, you're good. <laughs> oh, I want to say
1: one last thing, one last thing. Um, the research that you mentioned about the, um, like the food and how it affects your like memory or something, mm-hmm. I read somewhere that, um, People who are bilingual or like multilingual, I think they like develop these like networks in their brain or something, and it makes them
0: like less likely to have memory loss, something like that. Just something to look into. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think that, um, I think that's very possible. I'm, I'm, I've always been interested in the brain and, and human behavior and, I was a psychiatric nurse for over fifty years, so it's been my specialty, and and um, and I've seen how certain illnesses affect your brain, and of course, any you know any medication anybody takes affects your brain. So um, it makes sense to me that the food you eat would affect your brain also. You know, I mean, I'm your blood is you know, what you eat is transformed into um, you know, is carried in your blood and your blood is uh, feeding your brain. So it's, it, it's all connected, you know? So um, being bilingual or artistic, like even writing poetry, you use a different part of your brain and, and not everybody does that, you know? So, or, or being bilingual, I'm, I'm not bilingual. And I, I have, Had the most difficult time. I have tried to learn languages. I immersed myself in Italy and I came out knowing like three phrases. There's something I can't, I mean, I don't want to say I can't do it because, but I haven't been able to (laughs) this far. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but I admire people who do, and I really admire musicians to be able to, um, I mean, to me, to to be able to sing and play the piano at the same time is like, almost seems like impossible to me, but I know people do it, you know? It's just, um, um, and I think that they have an advantage, you know, I think their brain is like, um, their synapses must be connected differently or something. Yeah. (laughs) To be able to do it. Yeah. You know, but or, or as you learn those skills, and the earlier you learn them, the better, you know, that um, um, I think it just keeps your brain more active and, and functioning, you know, and and the energy just flowing. So um, yeah, I had, uh, well, thanks for telling me that because I'll be looking out for like more articles about things like that.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. Appreciate it.
1: Awesome, well, is it okay if I ask
0: you both a few questions? Sure. Sure. Okay, so what is one thing that you're really proud of?
1: One thing, I've heard of a lot of things, not gonna lie. Um, So, the other day was my brother's birthday, and I made this cake. It was just piped perfectly, the frosting, amazing, and it was all dairy free. Like, that, I was so proud of myself. And um, also, just like starting my mask business, I thought like I wasn't able to, you know, put myself out there. As a name, and then reaching out to random strangers and you know asking for their orders and stuff like that. Um, I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's great to put yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, I um, um, one thing I'm proud of that um, along those lines is that. Um, when I was a nurse and working as a nurse, I rarely deviated from that. I was kind of like all consuming because I, I was working full time. And then over the years, I went back and got my bachelor's degree and my master's degree. And, and I really just devoted all my time to working and going to school. Well, one year I went to a music festival and my girlfriend and I decided we were gonna make, um, we were gonna silk screen T-shirts, and we bought the T-shirts, we dyed them ourselves, we silk screen screened them, we had them hanging all over <laughs> our apartment. <laughs> it was just crazy. We packaged them and we sold them, and and um, it was it was such a fulfilling artistic outlet for me that it, I really felt proud to do it, you know, and, and we didn't sell all of them, but then um, like putting myself out there, which I would never have done in a million years, but I had all, I had t-shirts left and I didn't know what to do with them. I approached, um, I went to, there's a bookstore in um, Chicago. It's kind of a feminist bookstore. It's called Women and Children First. I went in there and I pitched the gal, the owner, on um, selling the T-shirts in her store, and she did. And the proud one of the proudest moments was, like three years later, I was walking down um, the street in Chicago and I saw a woman wearing my T-shirt, and I was just like, oh, it's like. <laughs> Like if you were a musician and heard your song played on the radio, you know, I was just so jazzed and um, it just seems like a little thing because it was, it only took a few months. I mean, but it was a plan. We put it together. We saw it through and we ended up selling all the t-shirts and, and um, it kind of reminds me of your mask business. You know, it's like, well, without the pandemic, you would never probably have gone that route. You know what I mean. But it's like life has many roads, and you never know which direction is going to take you. But you know, you have Sounds to be—you know—it's good to be open, I guess, and flexible about things like that.
1: Sounds like we have two successful businesswomen in in this. <laughs> Got another question for you both.
0: What is one item on your bucket list?
1: I would say I've always wanted to go to London, just because of I just want to hear the British accent. It's really just that I just want to hear people talk British, and um, I've like stopped at the airport before, like connecting, um, like connecting spot. But that, that's just like all not British people. So I just want to go to yeah, London.
0: Well, I used to live in London. And um, it is a wonderful place to visit, definitely. And um, yeah, I think, I think the accent is really beautiful. The, act, the country itself is really beautiful. Um, Oh, let's see. On my bucket list, I, um, well, one thing on my bucket list I just did, which was moved back to Iowa. (laughs) And um, that was because I um, wanted to be closer to my son and his wife and their new baby because I thought I could help them out, um, especially during the pandemic um, with the baby and and um, so that has has happened. Um, let's see. I think I would I would really like to publish um, a book with um, my short stories in it. I think that would be like the next realistic thing on my bucket list. So
1: cool. Those are both. Really good answers. I, I think my bucket list looks pretty similar to both of you. Um, okay, one last question. This will be our last one, and then I'll I'll set you both free. <laughs> so, if you could give any advice to your past
0: self, what would it be? Well, I'll go. I'll go first on that one. I have a longer past. <laughs> But I think my advice would be, don't make decisions based on other people's expectations. You know, I've, I have struggled with that in the past in terms of, and I think it's natural until you get to a certain point where you're independent. But even when you're an independent woman, You still, you know, it was like (laughs) my mother would like creep into my brain. (laughs) And, you know, and I, it was just like, oh, well, what did my mother think? Even if I didn't even live in the same state, you know, it was just like, you're so influenced by people close to you, but they have expectations for you. And, and sometimes they don't really jive with the direction you would personally like to go in. And I think, yeah, definitely. My, my, um, recommendation would be go with your own instincts, you know, and you can deal with the fallout later. If, if your friends or family or mentors don't agree with you, it's like, well, you know, I beg to disagree, but we can still be friends. You know, it's just like choose your own path. That's it.
1: (laughs) I agree with you. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to separate what you want and what other people want you to want. Mm -hmm. I struggle with that personally. Um, Hopefully, you can't hear my brothers laughing in the back. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, But my advice to my past self would be. Just do it, and I know I'm stealing that from Nike, but really, <laughs> I feel like I'm a very hesitant person, and like I calculate all the different possibilities. I'm like, this could go wrong, this could go wrong, I could do this, blah blah blah. But I think once I just do it, I realize it's really not as hard and as difficult as I imagine it to be. And once I do the thing, I'm like, I should have just done it earlier. Like, why did I wait so long for this? So
0: yeah, let's say just do it. That was lovely, you well, guys. I think you're, you know, I think you're a very accomplished young woman and very interesting young woman. And, you know, the more comfortable you become with yourself and and your confidence grows even more, um, you'll be less hesitant about taking risks. You know, because there's a lot to be gained from taking risks.
1: Yeah, definitely agree with you. Hopefully I reach that state one day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was really nice talking to you today, Ruba. It was nice meeting you.
1: Yes, same here. Fantastic conversation. Learned a lot of things.
0: Thanks. Me too.